Life is full of personal wins. Whether it's cleaning your house, getting that dream car, or checking off your to-do list, winning at life is a great feeling. And with the State Farm Personal Price Plan, you can keep winning when you create an affordable price just for you by bundling home and auto. So give yourself a round of applause. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Greetings, podcastlings. Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast number 84. Uh, all right, a couple of quick announcements. Minneapolis, May 6th. The Varsity Theater. Also, uh, May 12th, we're doing a special Nerdist podcast live at Meltdown at our space uh, with Rove McManus. It's going to be Aussie Nights. And then Axis of Awesome is going to drop by, do a couple songs in preparation for their big, huge show at Largo in L.A. on May 19th. Also, May 20th, I'll be at Littlefield in Brooklyn. So information on all those tickets are at Nerdist.com. Say, do you need new earbuds? Get $10 off earbuds from our partners at tweakedaudio.com slash nerdist. Tweakedaudio.com slash nerdist. Earbuds are usually $29.95. You will get them for $19.95 if you use that link. So uh, check it out. You'll be supporting the podcast, and you'll get some sweet-ass new earbuds. And now for this episode, a bonus episode with Adam Carolla. Uh, Basically, Adam just called me up and said, hey, can I come on your podcast? And I said, sure. Uh, And it was so much fun, I decided to put it up uh, this week, just because. It's a bonus episode. Three episodes this week. What am I trying to do, kill myself here? Three episodes a week? Well, like, this is really hard work. Now I'm just talking to myself. Yes, why don't you just shut up and start the podcast? Why don't you shut up and start the podcast? I'm so sick of me telling me what to do. Now entering Nerdist.com. Plenty of disk space. We could record for 94 more hours if we felt like it. So, Do it. strap it in. Welcome, Adam Carolla. Great to be here, Chris Hardwick. <laughs> you are actually the only person who has repeated on the show. I, and I thought this would happen so long ago that I would have to start repeating guests. I'm like, I'm going to run out of people I know. There's no way I can maintain this for any length of time and and so far you are uh, you are the first person that i've had back regularly but i like having you as a recurring guest on the show well my hymen has regrown itself <laughs> like a lizard's tail so you may bust my cherry one more time you got one of them uh, lizard tail hymens they grow back like sure. uh, like like they have in the middle east like uh like uh, the, the jessica the vampire on true blood she became a vampire when she was a virgin so when she had sex her body healed uh and she became a virgin again very dramatic uh very dramatic story that they only addressed in one episode and never picked up again nerding <laughs> actually i don't know if true blood is nerding they, 
It's more True Blood is more uh I think True Blood is more uh Sex in the City for vampires. I have this thing and um maybe it's just me, but I'm super sensitive to people sort of taking other people's ideas and or art and sort of running with it like when I hear P Diddy come up with a song and people like the song and I'm explaining to them the reason they like that song is because that song's called Cashmere and it was done in 19 fucking 73 and they're like yeah but this is different but it's like no it's not that's a riff it's a song it already existed and when I hear about somebody explaining this is a vampire movie but the twist is hold on are you sitting down Everyone's fat and old? No. No. They're young and hot and sexually charged. Like I just feel like when someone says, this is a vampire movie, I go, that's an idea that's 200 years old that you're ripping off. Like they're, You're, you're stealing someone else. And, and even if they go, this is a twist on their traditional whatever, which has been done 2,000 times. Sure. I still feel like, okay, Lost Boys did it in, you know, 1986. And ever since then, people have been doing a sort of a ripoff on it. Entertainment's entertainment. But to me, art, like, if you're P. Diddy and you would like to come up with a tribute to Biggie Smalls or whoever, come up with your own fucking song. Don't take Sting shitty song and then repeat it and make a few words to it. And that is the part of the song that you like. And you are ripping off someone else's shit. And it's the antithesis of ripping off something. Hey, I got this thing that already exists, but I'm just going to lay a little of my own shit over the top of it. Right. And sell millions of it. And, and people will fucking defend it. it it's it. I'm going to take uh, I'm going to take Carlin's uh, seven dirty word bits and add two words. Yeah. I'm just going to I'm going to I'm going to take his existing bit, but I'm going to tag it a couple more times. Actually, I'm going to deduct two words to make it easier. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to add cunt liquor and douchebaggery. Yep. And and I'll make it nine dirty words Shit, and I'll make fuck, a million. motherfucker and tits, douchebaggery and cunt liquor. Oh, wait a minute. I got this great idea for a bit. You and I could do this one together. It's called Who's on Second. Right. Because they didn't cover... Uh, they only... They, they covered only, first They base. covered first. That guy legged out a single. But if we did Who's on Second... Wait, who's in the outfield? I mean, besides the Angels. Yeah. Who's, who's in the outfield? That's my point. It's somebody else already came up with the idea. As far as art goes, yeah. you know, it's one thing if you manufacture washing machines and you go, well, somebody invented a washing machine and now I'm going to invent one that's better. Like, okay, fine. Like, you're that British vacuum guy who, right. I'm, who I'm sure speaks with a fake accent. I'm sure that guy's from New Jersey. <laughs> and he, I'm sure he screams at his wife every night, "Yous get the fuck out of here, you bitch, before I show you the back of my... Wait, I gotta answer the phone as my agent. Hello? Hello? Oh, uh, hard at work at the lab right now, He's don't you know? choking his wife with yeah. the vacuum cleaner extension yeah. cord. Uh, working on my next uh, innovation. Suck it, suck it. I'm talking to the vacuum cleaner, of course. (laughs) Right. I'm just saying whether it's... I have another idea for a vampire TV show, or I'm P. Diddy, and I have another idea for a song, if it already exists... There's no question that sampling and mashups are for people who don't have... Who who that sort have sort of allowed people to be like, hey, I don't have to come up with a whole new thing. I'll just take these existing things and reassemble their parts. 
Yeah, and how the fuck can you go wrong with cashmere? I mean, how can you go wrong with that list? It worked pretty well the first time. Worked pretty well. But that's all that's that's where all media is right now, is just is just rehashing and retooling and rebranding and and and, and remixing. Cause I mean like, you know, I, I, I feel like it's funny that we are so dependent on oil as a culture because now our culture has also become a weird, uh, limited resource. Because right. you can only just reference stuff for so long before you're like, well, I think we just remade everything. I think we have to start over. Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird that I haven't heard a song that didn't sound like another song in like the last five years. It, it's, there's only, it's sort of like, Mexican food. There's only there's so many things you can do with cheese, beans, rice, and tortillas. Where eventually you're going to start overlapping. Well, you're start coming up with the same thing. <laughs> yeah, but this is an enchilada. I know, wildly different than a burrito. Let me guess. Tortillas, right? Cheese, right? Beef, okay, but in right. the quesadilla, wrapped up into a tube shaped, right? <laughs> really need enchilada and a burrito. No, this one the cheese is on the outside. Yeah. It's an enchilada. Yeah, it's an enchilada. Uh, um, and and you know what's funny is that uh, uh, Mike Furman was telling me about the, uh, the 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 new Lady Gaga. Or I don't know if it's new. I don't I actually I don't know what the timeline of Lady Gaga songs are. But the born but, I, but maybe it's born this way. He's like whatever one of her new songs. He's like it's just express yourself. It's Madonna's right. express yourself. Like l- like literally, it's just that song with right. with different with different lyrics. Well, of course, of course, it's going to be a huge hit. And, and maybe the joke's on us, and maybe the staple singer's Express Yourself was the D- Madonna's Express Yourself before Madonna's Express Yourself was Express Yourself. You've got to make it. Hey, by the way, since we're expressing ourselves, I do think that it is important to note, going back to your Lost Boys uh, comment, Rob Lowe looks just as good today as he did on Corey Haim's wall in the movie Lost Boys. He was on the wall in the poster form? Yeah, you don't remember that? Uh, see, I only watch these movies. I don't actually masturbate to them, so I'm not in oh, quite well, as deep as well, then you, you are. You're missing half the movie, then, if you're not masturbating to what it. Was, uh, what poster was it for? Hotel New Hampshire? No, it was, uh, it was, it was just a poster of Rob Lowe, like, with... Like you know, like a like a poster a lady would have on her wall, or 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 a young uh, gay gentleman, which is totally fine because that movie was directed by Joel Schumacher. So I assume uh. that's probably that was probably oh, of course. Like he literally just didn't. I don't think he was trying to be clever or funny. I think he just didn't comprehend what straight young dudes would have in their room. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. And, well, and maybe Corey Haim's character was not straight. I don't know. I didn't see the follow up to they, they did a third Lost Boys. Uh, movie that he was that uh, Corey Feldman was in, so I didn't. I don't know if they ever resolved that storyline or not. I uh, maybe that's what True Blood's about. Rob, yeah, Rob Lowe is beautiful, and there's just no two goddamn ways about it. And that, and you wonder, like, is he a good actor, or is it just because he's good looking? Like, is it is it just because is he just a piece of meat? Like Kim Basinger is really beautiful, but also turns out she's a great actress as well. Right, right. But her looks got her in the door, and then she became a great actress, or was she always a great actress? And is Rob Lowe a good actor? I don't, I don't think he is. But what if he, <laughs> what if he looked like pig vomit from the Howard Stern movie? What's yeah, his name? Paul Giamatti. Paul Giamatti. Would he? 
Would yeah, it work? I don't know, because Giamatti popped pretty well. Giamatti popped pretty well. But I mean, he's a good actor. I don't think, I don't think, uh, I don't think Rob Lowe would successfully play John Adams. Uh-huh. But, uh, right. but, you know, he, but I think Rob Lowe is good at sort of playing that shifty, handsome guy. Mm-hmm. You know, but he's not going to, you know, he's not going to be Jake LaMotta. You know, right. like he's not going to, you know, unless, unless he decides later in life, you know, in his 50s or 60s to do an old switcheroo and uh, somehow start doing insane character work and surprise everyone. I wish he'd put on some weight or lose some hair or maybe just have an industrial accident, like have like, <laughs> acid dumped on him by an irate girlfriend or something. Some sort of, some sort of weird Mickey Rourke motorcycle mishap. Something, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like maybe, maybe, you know, a Jan Michael Vincent esque, you know, sort of hooked on prescription drugs, meltdown with some bloating and head trauma. Yeah, something that just knocked him off his game. Because especially, not only do, not only, you know, did, did he not, does he look, you know, as, as delectable as he did in St. Elmo's Fire? Yeah. But for the ma- for males, they just get more distinguished anyway. Right. So, so basically, what I'm saying is, is not only does he look the same, yeah, but even if he didn't look the same, it would still be fine because he's a dude. It's it's like George Clooney doesn't look the same as when uh, he teamed up with Mrs. Garrett at the candy store, right. Way back in the day. He's got gray in his hair, and he's got some crow's feet. He's distinguished. He's just as fuckable as he ever was. Absolutely, but I'm saying that Rob Lowe is still the same guy. Dude's have and that, he's a dude. Dude but has he that have ability, to re- but he doesn't even have to rely on the dude part of it. Like right. again, that that part where you know Jack Nichols, Jack Nicholas is. Just, wait a minute, Jack Nicholson. Sorry, Jack Nicholson. No, Jack Nicholas. Doesn't, yeah, doesn't look too hot. Jack, he's. Now he's fat and he's going bald and he's whatever, but he's still getting laid. Like, yeah. there's no no doubt about it. Right. The, you know, I think the female equivalent to Rob Lowe is, hmm. and there's only one. Okay. Really. There's really only one. Okay. Who is it? Um, It's Christy Brinkley. That's the only one. Yeah, but she never, she never really acted in stuff except for the Uptown. I, I girl know, video. but physically, well, let's not forget uh, summer, whatever National Lampoons, you know, Grand Canyon Vacation or whatever. Oh, oh, no, no the, the original Vacation, the original right. Vacation, right? But I'm saying in the looks department mm-hmm. is literally just flatlined, which is what you want to do if you're yeah. if you're her, right? I mean. She's 57 years of age, does not look any different than she did when she was pulling up next to the Griswold family in the Ferrari 308. Yeah, she looks uh, she looks pretty good. It's it's probably that ab roller that she uses. Yeah. Is that the ab roller? I don't like, know if that's I, the ab roller. How, like, and does she ever get together with, like, Kathleen Turner? You know what I mean? And, and like, Kathleen Turner must see her, she must she must see, like, like Christie's calling on, on on the on the on the uh, caller ID I'm and sure be like, talk, fuck yeah. this, I'm sure fuck, no talk. way, I'm not going out to lunch with this. <laughs> There's no one is snapping a picture of the two of us leaving Spagos together or the Ivy together. Yeah, I mean, because that, that that's that that those were two that were almost a tie in like 1987. They were, but Christy Brinkley, Christy Blink, Christy, Christy Blinkley, Christy Brinkley was um a, was like a very specific kind of model. 
had a specific model look, and Kathleen Turner just had that body heat Jessica Rabbit like yeah you like I, I never looked at Chrissy Brinkley and thought boy it sure would be a whirlwind to get tossed around in the sack with her and Kathleen Turner just exuded that from every pore of her body right you just you just now it's marinara sauce <laughs> every pore. she's literally basting in her own juices uh, yes which would make her delicious as I, a meal as a snack for a picnic oftentimes take a nice piece of Italian bread and just wipe it across her cheek and walk away nothing better just like when mama's making it and you dip it like, into like the pot a, yeah. so it's like a Kathleen Turner tapenade mm. yeah like a nice a nice Kathleen Turner tapenade mm. slightly chunky a little bit of olive oil I'm just saying I think that in the looks department, forget about the acting, but Rob Lowe and Christy Brinkley, I think yeah. they're they're the two parallels for in the last twenty years. I would go. I would go. I would. I would tend to agree with that. I mean, Rob Lowe is on the cover of Vanity Fair. The guy does not. He. I think the joke that him being in the Lost Boys uh, uh, set design is that he is actually a vampire and cannot age or die. I right. Feel, I feel like that. That must be. That must be part of it. And does he sleep in one of those hyperbaric chambers, or is he into you know tantric yoga, or he might be a mutant, uh, or he is might he be a just weird have, mutant. it's just great genes, right? Mm-hmm. It's great genes, and he clearly takes care of himself because you know you know what I realized what happened was uh, I mean I was a super skinny guy my whole life up until about twenty six twenty seven, and then all of a sudden the switch flipped, mm-hmm. and then I realized oh yeah. This is when dudes start going downhill so that, you know, most guys, by the time they hit 35, <laughs> just don't, they look 10 years older, 20 years older. Because yeah. you just, you forget like, oh, no, actually it takes a lot of work to, to eat well and to exercise and to stay, to stay healthy. And it's, it's, you know, most of the time you get caught up and it's much easier not to. So Rob Lowe... Definitely, it's jeans and whatever effort he's putting out there, and whatever baby seal uh, shavings he's right. uh, consuming. And, and I, I just want to say this to anyone who's listening right now: we're really, and I'm looking at Chris's uh, steno pad here. We got about fifteen to twenty more minutes of Rob Lowe, and then I promise you, we will move on to Chad Lowe. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> and then pretty much just wrap it up. But yeah, the Nerdist is changing. To, we're gonna, I'm going to call it the Sweet and Low Cast. It's <laughs> yeah. so just going to be all about what uh, Rob Lowe's up to. All yeah. about what Rob Lowe's up to. Yeah, how tough does it? It's got to suck to be Chad Lowe, because there's got to be a lot of like uh, Rob Lowe. Whoa, would I like to meet your brother? Like like in in high school and in college? Like oh. hell yeah! And then go and then a lot of oh. <laughs> cute, I guess. That's your brother? Yeah. Same same mom and dad? Yeah, yeah. Oh. He's okay. Like well, Chad, I mean, there's just a look of disappointment on every chick's face no, when they there, were set there, up. Like, like, Rob had to say to some people, like, in high school, like, listen, I have nine girlfriends. I cannot add a tenth. My brother, my, my brother's couple years younger if Chad. you fuck my brother i'll let you see my cock yeah he's he's single how about i set you up with him and they're like okay and then there had to be that palpable uh. <laughs> well, <laughs> listen i just it's hard enough to have a sibling who is like the all-star but then imagine when that when that all-star goes from hey it's not just that he's a star quarterback he's super famous 
He's a super sex symbol and will continue to be so for now literally 25 years. Right. And then Chad Chad Lowe married Hillary, Hillary Swank. Yeah. Who's actually a better looking dude than Chad Lowe. <laughs> like, Hillary's a hot Dude, she's a good-looking woman, too. Yeah, she definitely has that jaw structure that's like, oh, either way, you're yeah, very, very like, attractive. I, I could really experience the whole bi lifestyle just by dating her yeah, that's right. without really hey, gonna fully go, committing. I'm going to go around back to the shed and uh, just see what it's like back there. Right. Hey, and you're, you're still, you know, cutting yeah. hair. Yeah, I was just uh, watching the uh, Amelia Earhart <laughs> last night on, on HBO or Showtime or whatever. And I was like, look at her. I was like, that's a good-looking chick dude. Yeah. 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 Shin so is beautiful. It's got to suck then. Had to suck when when Chad would invite Rob over for, like, Thanksgiving when he was together with Hillary. Yeah. And, and, and then he's literally sitting in between Rob, who makes a better-looking chick and dude than Chad. Right. And then... And then Hillary, who makes a better-looking chick and dude yeah. than, than Chad as well. Yeah. So there is a sliding low scale, basically, mm-hmm. is what you're saying, that where we can where we can rate. I'd like to figure out how much younger Chad is than, than Rob. He um, can't I, be more than five years, right? Maybe, maybe five or eight years, I think, maybe, mm-hmm. possibly. Yeah. And that, uh, that Hillary Swank is, uh, yeah, she totally... Could totally fuck with your mind because you could see you could see sort of the short hair and the it's like the boys don't cry thing and then like right. and she has a perfect woman's body. Yeah, I know. Like 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 when you go to uh, Central America and you get drunk and hooked up with one of those smoking hot trannies. Like I mean, but you, know, you don't. But you don't, me, but, but, but what you don't want though is uh, you know like when, when she was filming Boys Don't Cry, uh, if she was with Chad and they you know like if he was. On top of her in the act of lovemaking, and then you just kind of look down. What you don't want is, hey, what's up, dude? Like, right. <laughs> oh my god, no, wait, you're a lady. Yeah. I'm, I'm inside a lady. I'm inside a lady. Yeah, I, I know, and I, I, I pray those two find love again, but I wonder sometimes. Big Hillary, I'm really a big do. Hillary. I'm a big Swank fan. Big Swank fan. I mean, of the magazine and and of Hillary Swank. Yeah, do they still make Swank magazine? Um, I don't know, but. <laughs> I hope, but I was also watching it in Glorious Bastards uh, last night too. After I was done with Amelia, because you know I got range. Yep. And they were talking in uh, French, and they were like, "We, oui, we, oui. okay." And then I saw "we," oui, and then I saw "o u i," and then I was like, <laughs> "The magazine, oh, the magazine, we." Oui. And then for the first time ever, it was one of these things where I was like, "Oh, it's called yes." Yeah. It's, yeah. I didn't. I know it's we. I don't know why I didn't do. You ever do that thing where you 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 show up so late to the game where like you you're sitting around and you go, hey, I never thought about this, but uh, Sundance Film Festival. You know that was Robert Redford's name in Butch Cassidy, and he probably named. And everyone's looking at you like, <laughs> yeah, I know, retard. We we came up with that in '81. Like, and you're like. Oh, Oh, am I? I just came up with that yesterday. Like yeah. I had been floating around. Same thing happened to me when I realized that Torchwood, the spinoff series to Doctor Who, is an anagram for Doctor Who. I mean, I get it. I nerding. <laughs> <laughs> those magazines. It was funny that there was that time in the seventies and eighties when all of those Flint publications came, and there was just like an explosion in the porn mag industry after mm-hmm. Penthouse mm-hmm. decided to go way dirtier than than, than Playboy, and right. then. Those magazines, I remember just seeing them as a kid, and it just like, 
you saw so much of the inside of a woman that it was like a it was like looking at a taffy pull, right? Like all those mm. magazines, and yeah. then uh, and then you know uh, usurped usurped by the internet, usurped by the internet a million times over, completely ruined we and swank. I'm one of the few people who likes freshwater taffy. <laughs> I'm one of the guys out there. You hear a lot of folks yapping about the saltwater taffy. I you're enjoy a freshwater. Fresh I'm all about taffy? the freshwater taffy. And there's a lot of haters out there. Yeah. And I understand why. Yeah, I know. It was weird. Um, well, you know, I grew up in North Hollywood. So, you know, the uh, the cradle of, of porn, almost the birthplace of porn, the San Fernando Valley. And, you know, so the girls I went to high school with and stuff got into it. And so, of course, that was... Wow, you, you know, almost could have been a facial in that the was, scene. That was huge. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the day we found out Christy Canyon was doing porn, you know, I went to the Sadie Hawkins dance with her sister, like, in the ninth grade. And Really? Oh, yeah. Elizabeth Canyon? <laughs> no. Uh, oh, sure. You, you said she changed cra- her name? They have a, yeah. Sometimes in porn, they'll use a different name. I don't understand. Always just a first name, last name. No, she has a crazy uh, Armenian last name. Oh, okay. I mean, like, like, uh, like that makes Duke Majin sound like, you know, Smith. Like okay. a crazy last name. It would never, it would never work. But, um, she, so her, her sister, uh, Carla, actually, it's funny that it is Christy and Carla now, but, uh. <laughs> But I knew I knew them, and and then there's like other girls I went to high school with, and you know, and and all that kind of stuff. But it was funny. I was interviewing Christy on my podcast, and I said, uh, you know, what was the first scene you did? Like the first, I'm always kind of curious. Like, how, you know, the first time you mm-hmm. really got to do it in front of. And she was like, well, actually, it, w- it was uh, just what they. What, what they call a reel or a short or whatever. I'll come up with the name of it in a second, but it wasn't a feature length scene. Um, but I thought I was just doing a photo shoot. And it turns out, you know, Ron Jeremy was there and we were doing a movie, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, did you know Ron Jeremy? And she's like, no, I just, you know, I thought we're doing a shoot photo and turned out, you know, we're going to have sex. And I thought, wow, that's wildly open-minded of you. <laughs> like, like, like you just like, I thought we we're doing a photo shoot, but there's, here's this, there's the hedgehog with his, with his stroke in his dick, the stroke in his dick. And yeah. someone's like, Oh no. Uh, oh, you, oh no, you gotta, you gotta take a load in the face. Oh, some people oh. would consider this rape, but, uh, right. well, it's the late 70s, early okay. 80s. I guess it'll be fine. Yeah, I think they call them loops or something. Anyway, Swedish erotica number So like, something. yeah, so, 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 so like old Warner Brothers cartoons, they would show them before the features. Yeah, in the in the in the adult theaters. Yeah. Also, they would butts up doc. They would do it to figure out um, if the chick would do it or like was any good at it or something. I don't feel like I would need to test anyone for that. Like, right. can you hold still while Ron Jeremy fucks you while you're high on coke? <laughs> like, I don't need I don't need a dry run. Pardon the pun. Like, I, if you're either in or you're out. I did put that on my special skills part of my resume, but that's just one of those things. Like, oh, if I ever have to do it, then I'll I'll figure out how to do it. Yeah, I've I've seen it. It's like, like horseback riding or yeah, Australian have, you have English, accent. equestrian, you yeah. have the Cockney, and yeah. the proper British, and yeah. you have the will hold still while coked up, <laughs> letting Ron Jeremy fuck me. Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen it. You know what I miss? I miss the composite. On, on the headshot composite. That's so funny you say that. I was just talking about that with someone the other day. I have, 
I have these books. Maybe I've talked about this on the podcast before, but you remember Faces International? Yes. So Faces International was this big... Well, I guess it turned out to be kind of a scam. Right. I mean, it basically preyed on the uh, on desperate young actors, or not even young, just desperate actors. But they would publish a, a quarterly thick magazine of headshots. Right. And so you could buy full pages, quarter pages, and people would do those composite shots where they were like a librarian in one picture and a and a football player in another picture and a fly right. fisherman in another yeah. one. And, and and the creepiest the first of all the book is just it's it's just like it's just a sadness bible like every right. picture you're just like oh yeah and, and it's and, and, it's, and all, then it's even sadder with the kids the kids are the worst I mean first of all it's all eighties so ever there's no there's it's pre irony right pre irony right, in our right, culture so right. everyone was just trying as hard as they could for real. And uh, and the kids section was is so creepy because they're like weird Jean Benet sexy esque right pictures of people that fucking took it their kids like it's so gross but the 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 thing you that almost would, can't masturbate to it the thing I know I was this close to not being <laughs> off to one of those eighties Facebook internet or Face International things just this this morning but it's always weird because they doll the chick up put her in the taffeta oh, put, so give her the gross. John Bonet look so but gross. in the next corner. She'd have the tomboy baseball cap on yes. askew, even a fake. I've seen one that had the fake black eye drawn in, right. and her like holding the baseball, like "Hey, Tuffy McTufferson." But yeah. meanwhile, that was stepdad that backhanded her in the taffeta, like right. that's where she got the black eye. Right. But and also, but they there, used it. There used to be a comical black eye too, where it was literally just a half black circle that went right. on your eye. But it's like there she is. She's a tomboy. Here she is. She's gussied up. This is hers, the studious one. Now she's got glass. And her hair's up in a bun. It's so like what what's what's so gross about it is just looking through, and it's sort of like, kind of like what you're just touching upon. Just just looking through the picture and seeing like this poor girl's home life is atrocious. Like it like this should have been the biggest red flag for the authorities to step in for child protective services to step in. I would love. Uh... I would love to have a collection of the greatest composite shots. There would be the guy who is the short order cook. Yep. <laughs> construction worker. Uh, the, the meter maid. Yeah, meter maid. And then at some point, that guy would have to prove that he could doll himself up, too. So it'd be like tuxedo red cummerbund and red, you know, very 80s, you know, looking <laughs> looking very dapper. but Putting a little, on the ribs. But 30 pounds overweight, like yep. that, that guy. Yeah, and oh, there's nothing better than that uh, fake sort of sterilized, tough New York guy. Like, he cuts the sleeves off a denim stonewashed jacket. Hey, Bob, brick get wall, a, motorcycle. Driving a cab. Yeah. Kind of, hey, driving yeah. a hack here. Yo, yeah. yeah. Like, you know what the the odds... Smoking. I guess it's supposed to show, hey, I'm, I'm versatile. Right. But the odds that someone a casting person would be like uh, I, you know all day we've been trying to figure out who we could stick in this cab mm-hmm. that might look like they might drive a cab <laughs> right. I, I mean you know that could be anyone I don't know sure oh my god the answer to my prayers like I almost feel like those composite pictures paint the actors into a box like they almost say like no these are the three things I do this is the four these are the four characters I do and, and nothing more well ironically whether it's short order cook or cab driver or construction worker I'll guarantee that guy's doing one of those things right now 
Yeah. So at least he's got a for good. Reals. He's got a good picture they of just him had a doing it. Follow him to his three different jobs. <laughs> right. I think actually what would be really funny is uh, to, but of course I'm not going to do this because it would take time. But sure. to take really great actors and take uh, screen captures from their movies and create those four panel shots and then like put their name at the bottom in some crappy agency like right. the Goldwater Agency or whatever. Like like take take Paul Giamatti and. He's dressed up as John Adams, and he's in Sideways, and then he's in, uh, you know... I think it'd be fun if they had a sense of humor to get them to pose for bad 80s-esque composite shots. Like, if they had a sense of humor about themselves, yeah, I would like to <clears throat> That's a funnier dive video right there. That. It's like, take, take Paul Giamatti out for his new headshot photo. Right. And then, and then he's doing a bunch of that horrible shit, and then you, and then you see the finished product at the end. Right. Uh, now I've just given it away. So. Plus, it's been like seven minutes since we've talked about Rob or Chad. Don't Lowe. think that he wasn't f- swimming around in the back of my mind <laughs> shirtless, Adam. I mean, he was, he was back there doing hammer curls. Yeah, <laughs> This whole time. This whole time. Uh, do you ever do stuff with Acme anymore, or did, did you just, is that no more? Um, I eat at the restaurant Amalfi next to Acme yeah. all the time, and if I drink enough red wine at Amalfi, I will sometimes go through the door that connects the two buildings and tell my wife for the 33rd time, I built those benches. <laughs> I remember where I was. And she's like, yeah, I know, you you, you told me that I know, but you know I those are uh, uh, carriage bolts and look at them. Uh, by the way, shit on it. It's been it's been sixteen years. They're still get, fine. Don't get They're that still kind fine. Of yeah, anymore. I mean, look at them. I built. I remember where I was when I built those benches. Yeah, the benches that I built for the old theater on Lancashire in NoHo are got moved to the new theater. Is that in the new uh, NoHo Arts District? As they've yeah. <laughs> Now, it's weird driving through there because I was there in the probably 90, 91 building the first Acme Theater. And I remember when they were sawing holes in the sidewalk to, you know, plant these little saplings because like, hey, it's the NoHo Arts District and we're going to put trees and we're going to clean this place up. And I was like, back then, I was like, oh, please give me a break. And now I drive down Lancashire and I see these trees, <laughs> like these full blown trees there, and and it's like, oh, now now it has sort of turned into something. I mean, I'm long gone. It but has, it's but turned it's sort into, of like... I mean, it's. I mean, no. Here's what it was. It was dangerous. Mm-hmm. It, it's gone from dangerous to boring, but it's not turned into a, an arts district. Well, no, because that main drag of North Hollywood is now. So it's like it's like. It's like if you go to someone's house, like it's almost like uh, like the Clampets. Like the, the the foyer is gorgeous, right? But then if you look at any other part of the house, it's like yeah, there's fucking possums camping out there, and there's right. a, there's a pile of garbage in the guest room. Yeah, as soon as you get behind the place and go down the alley, and as soon as you you make a ride on one of those side streets and get you know ten feet into one of those crazy apartment buildings with like the you know, where they have the first story balconies, have the chicken wire up so no one will jump up and get <laughs> steal their 10 speed. Like, just fucking horrible. Do you still... Who else was in your Acme... Uh uh, not class, but group. Who else was it? Who else? Did anyone else come out of there that uh, went on to do anything? Else? You know, we had Chad Lowe. <laughs> Did his brother Rob show up? Um, we had uh, Ralph Garman, you know. Garman, with, yeah. Uh, 
Kevin and Bean out here, and uh, we had uh, Alex Borstein. From, oh, nice! You know, Family Guy and many Man other TV, yeah. things. Uh, she was a bitch back then. If anyone wants to know, if money <laughs> turns you into a bitch. Now, turns out she was a bitch long before that. Uh, we had her. I had to tell Seth MacFarlane this the other day. Um, she she married a dude who used to be in the troupe back in the day called Doug Jackson, except for his name is now he goes by Jackson Douglas. <laughs> and, oh, and, and, oh. and it's like, whoa, whoa, huh? And, you know, the, the, the biggest nightmare for a dude who's who, who's known as Jackson Douglas now is running into me, who knew him as the pot smoking lazy had a shopping cart in his in he had literally had a shopping cart in his room on the third floor of his apartment apartment which was uh, later on condemned after the 94 earthquake but i know him as doug jackson lovable stoner yeah everyone else knows him as jackson douglas uh you know uh avant-garde you know uh sure, artist. Pay, paying tribute to andrew jackson and the orator uh stephen douglas right so uh he married her, so and and there's a hand there's a handful of other folks that have gone on to um damn what's his name from uh ah shit it's always sunny in Philadelphia red haired guy shit I can't think of his name anyway we'll all we'll hop on that uh, laptop and uh, figure out uh, figure him out is he <laughs> from it's always sunny well anyway there's been a handful of people that have gone on to, to do- greatness. Yeah, the uh, uh, that was Jamie Kaler in your. He was under you. Yeah, maybe I'm thinking of Jamie Kaler. No, K- Kaler's on my boys. Oh, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, All right, yeah, yeah, anyway. yeah. Jamie yeah, Kaler. Jamie. Red, red hair. Yeah, red hair. Yeah, nice guy. Really nice guy. Super funny. Yeah, Jamie he used to run right. this uh, that stand up room, and before before he started working in television, he was a bartender at this place called O'Brien's in Santa right. Monica. And there used to be a Thursday night show there, and I used to go get drunk and do stand up every Thursday there in Santa Monica. Uh, I how think now? How did it go? Last time we were talking, I was talking to you. You were talking about you had a thousand seat theater in Boston. Yes, and you're like, I, I, I'm, I am hoping I can sell it out, but, but you didn't know because it was a bigger, bigger venue. It got close. It was about nine hundred. That's good. Yeah, yeah. So it didn't. It, it wasn't. It wasn't packed to the gills, but it was pretty fucking full. Like it was. It was. A, it was. I chalked it in the win category. Oh yeah. No, I, I, I can tell you if you play. A thousand seat theater, and you get eight hundred and fifty people in that place. Yeah, from from the stage, it looks full. Yeah, the promoter will tell you, oh no, there was one hundred and fifty extra seats, or there was comps, or there was whatever. Right. But when you're standing on stage, it that's full enough. Yeah, no, it was it was really great, and and now you know, I of course I'm doing that thing where uh, I go. Uh, yeah, but that was Boston. So what if people don't come out in these other cities? And it was just a weird fluke. Like I can't let myself enjoy the fact that it happened. Like I'm still like, oh no, so it must have been. There must have been some weird rift. The city must have tipped up and dumped a bunch of people in by accident. It'll never happen again. Like sure. I'm so I'm so reticent to believe because now I've got one coming up in Minneapolis on May 6th, and I'm super like, oh, I hope people show up. Where are you playing Minneapolis? This place called the Varsity Theater. Oh, I'm playing the Varsity. What are you Theater. playing the Varsity? Uh. When does this thing air? I'll put it up pretty quickly because I want this to... Because you're playing the Wiltern soon, right? Yeah, that's the one we got to get. When's your Wiltern show? Varsity, I don't think you're going to have a problem because I'm doing the Varsity on Thursday night and we sold out two shows already. So if I can sell out two shows 
on a Thursday night, you can definitely sell out. You're more popular than I am, though. You you have, you have more. You 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 can. Uh... Oh, I've done that math. I'm saying <laughs> <laughs> clearly. I've look around. I snorted. No, I'm. I've done that math, Christopher. What I'm saying is, is if I can sell out. And two. these shows were sold out, out two one. weeks ago. Okay. If I can sell out two on a Thursday, yeah. you can definitely get 300 people. No, you can definitely sell out one on a Friday do, or do you Saturday. Feel like, um, That's a good, Minneapolis, a good Oh, good Minneapolis is town. such a great comedy town. I played Acme when I was there last January, and that is a phenomenal club. I mean, Mi- mm-hmm. Minneapolis is one of those cities where, you know, if you've never been there, you, you, don't, you don't know much about it. You're surprised, like, like Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Minneapolis... These are really great cultural hubs. Like, there's a lot of super cool arty people there. There's there are theater districts. People go out and they watch I, art. No, I I concur. And yeah, it's it's funny that I'm gonna be there. You know, for three days from now. Yeah, doing doing two shows. And yeah, we didn't put much into it, and it was been sold out for a couple of weeks. And you know, usually it's that last minute push. Can you get a few hundred people in the door day yeah. of kind of thing. These things went clean like a long time ago, so God bless uh, Minneapolis. But yeah, we'll turn Los Angeles. See, that's my home turf. It is, but L.A. is such a hard place to move tickets because it, it's it's. I feel like because I've been hesitant to, you know, like I, I've gotten a couple of calls like, "Oh, do you want to do like the El Rey or the what?" And I'm like, you know, I don't know. I don't think I would. Because I do so many shows in L.A. and there's so much entertainment. I mean, like, there's so much to see in L.A. and yeah. people take shit for granted here. Sure. Um, that I, I just feel like I, I don't think I don't think if I tried to do a really big venue in L.A. that it would go all that well. Well, I'm I'm with you, and and uh, you know, I'm I'm in that same boat except for I committed to the wheel turn. But the the thing, it's <laughs> insane. But the 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 thing is, it's really hard to gauge, like. Seattle, huge. Portland, great. Minneapolis, who the hell knew Minneapolis would be great for me? Houston, not good. Mm-hmm. You know, um, trying to think of the the not good places. I mean, there's been a, 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 a South Beach or whatever, like in Florida, was not. Miami, not great. Did right. not have a good time over there selling tickets. Will Turn is like 1,600 seats is what they have it laid out for yeah um i'm a little over 800 sold oh that's fantastic but i got a i got a month oh my god you're gonna be fine and i don't know about that i i i i still i hate it because it's in my own backyard and i've driven past the thing a million times but it's not like a hundred it's not like you sold 100 tickets and you're gonna be in the will turn like it's you 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 will be fine if you are if you already sold 800 what's the date of the show it's may 21st and uh, i actually got jimmy to come out and uh, we'll do a bit for you guys out there. And and you know what I said, uh, and this is what I'd like to say to your audience. I said, and, and I'm, you know, because we're all trying to wrap our minds around this podcast mm-hmm. world and how it works and who you should speak to and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, I did the Tonight Show. I did a, uh, a bit on the Tonight Show, but it was sort of out on stage with Jay and blah, blah, blah. And then when I was done, I got a plug for being, I was at the Brea Improv or right. something on like a Wednesday night or Thursday night. I think it was like a Wednesday night or something. And so, you know, so here you are on the Tonight Show. And <clears throat> it was like, I did this bit first. It was like me and then J-Lo came out and mm-hmm. did her sit down thing. So I was on prime time, you know, right after the monologue on the Tonight Show. And 
uh, I said to Mike August, the guy who books my shows, I, I said, you know, I know we were hurting a little at the Bray Improv. You know, we weren't doing too well. So I said, what are our numbers? What Did we get a bump off, off of the Tonight Show? And he said, uh, let me check. And this is, you know, a, a day later or whatever mm-hmm. it was. And he said, sold seven tickets. <laughs> and by the way... Seven. If all seven came from the Tonight Show, it'd be, right. still be devastating. It might, but might be zero. Pro- probably zero. Yeah. Um, but so I started saying to my people, you know, you talk about going on these AM sports shows and plugging your podcast or mm-hmm. your live show. You talk about going, you know, people think, oh, go on the Tonight Show and talk right. about the podcast or go on this late night show or that late night show. But the reality is, is, I don't know. I don't think that moves the, the dial or the needle. No, I, you know what I said to him? I, I said, I want to go on other people's podcasts. Yeah. I'd rather talk to 50,000 super motivated people who go out and support this thing mm-hmm. rather than 2 million people that are falling asleep on a sofa in a parlor on filth or who are never going to go out and do this. Yeah. I would much rather, I, I said, you know, get me on Chris Hardwick's. A po- podcast because because his fans go a they listen to podcasts yep. so they understand like all right i know what it's like to work a computer and listen to something and to seek out something but also i will go out and support live shows mm-hmm. so we will and i don't know if you know how big your audience is do you know yeah i have a i have a pretty good idea what it, what is it i think it's probably about um Probably 100 to 150,000 per episode. I mean, like, well, that's huge. It depends on the, it depends on the episode. Like, uh, you know, if it's someone like uh, Kevin Smith who brings a large audience, you know, like a it'll, podcast it'll, 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 it'll hit 100 pretty quickly. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, so, yeah. So no, uh, that I thought, you know, my whole thing is this, this group of podcasters. Ought to get together like like you know the OPEC nations did and yeah. like and, and fix prices like. <laughs> fix, wh- <laughs> wait a minute. What do we? No, but seriously, uh. you can go on the Tonight Show, but you're not going to see a bump. No, you're just not no. going to sell a ticket. You're not going to see a bump. I mean, it's not going to hurt. It's nice to say on see on your resume and all that. You know, next to uh, can get fucked by Ron Jeremy when high on, on coke. coke, right? But. In terms of just moving that needle, I think talking to your people, I don't think your people are drastically different than my people. No. Well, I, and, and the other thing is that, you know, you have to look at the kind of, uh, like, people who watch The Tonight Show are older, I think, uh, probably, they watch it very passively. Sure. They don't care. It's very disposable. You right. Know? Um, Right, right, right. But I feel like, you know, what we have with podcasts, it's so wonderful. And what is fun for me is that I feel like we create really cool friendships and relationships with our audience. Like, I, like my, I, know, my, I know that my audience is comprised uh, almost entirely of people that I would probably want to hang out with, you know. Right. And you don't know who's really, what, like, the, the network television is just such a broad spectrum of, you know. It's no, so- I, would, I would much rather have a much... 
smaller group of highly motivated people. And by the way, when Chris said, oh, you're at 800 at the well turn, you got nothing to worry about. That does not let you people off the hook. <laughs> no, Adam's plenty, fine. He doesn't need my money. I have plenty to worry about. This is, <laughs> believe me, this will be humiliating for me if you don't buy what, a ticket who, to this well, goddamn I want to know show. what your numbers are. I want to know what you, who, how, how, how are you guys doing? We do, well, again, they, they trickle in. Like they start off at the first day with, here's how many you have right and then the next day it goes up another 20 grand or something and then right. it's like by the end of the week we usually do a little over two hundred thousand by a week for per know, episode that, yeah oh, that's so great. it'll be like you can add it up and say you do a million a week even if it's the same right two hundred thousand sure people sure just listening over and over again yeah that's that that's great and and, and i also um uh you know like be, the the fact that you were able to sort of pull an already dedicated radio audience over is so huge. You're, that that what used to be basically a car garage is now a fully functioning fucking vi- streaming video audio podcast studio with people on computers everywhere. There were like eight or nine people when I came to do your show a few weeks ago. Yeah, working on various things and running around. It was like. It you know I I because I I think I did your podcast in the first couple weeks maybe when you, when, when you when you went to do it and it was just like I think it was just Donnie and uh, maybe that's it and we just we sat next to the computer with these lav mics on and just kind of sure. chatted and you know, uh, it's, it's really grown simpler times <laughs> yeah well I mean you know the whole plan is at least for me is to you know do things on our own terms but but actually do something like, I mean, like there's that thing where, I mean, there's two parts of the pirate ship, you know, like, Hey man, we're building a pirate ship and F the program directors and F the GMs and F the man and F clear channel and Mm -hmm. all the rest of the guys and Westwood one. And I don't have to listen to anyone, but it's sort of like being a third party candidate, which is to say, it's cool that you're doing your own thing and you're running on the green ticket and you're you're, you're into biofuels <laughs> you're and stuff maverick. like that. But if you don't get one vote, yeah, it means it everything. doesn't really mean. Yeah. I mean, like it is. It's interesting to have that direct relation. You know, you cut out the middleman, you cut out the studio, you cut out the major corporation. You have a direct relationship with your advertisers. It's a very simple formula. You say, listen, I get this many people. You give me this much based on that, and then and then we're all good. But then you also know that. Uh, that 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 makes it a, a less um, uh, it makes it it, it, it just makes it a, a softer uh, hold on what you're doing because yeah. if some of your listeners drop off <laughs> that guy goes away I mean you know there is some protection and and security in having a larger company say you know we're gonna worry about that stuff we'll just give you this money no matter what you, oh, you just come in yeah. and be, you just come in and be you and then we'll we'll take care of all that other shit. I, I'm I'm totally finding that now. Being your own boss is one of the most overrated <laughs> things ever. Uh I mean you'd be much better off just getting like a corporate credit card, a company car, you know, s- four or five weeks vacation time, yeah. you know, get paid vacation, you know, use of the co- corporate jet. Like, it'd be much better just to have a cushy, you know, bonuses and high-paying salary and I stuff. Know. That is so much better than being the guy who's completely in charge of everything all the time. It's like, highly, highly overrated. But what, you know, what I'm getting back to is, is, you know, 
building the pirate ship is cool, but if you just sort of become Ralph Nader and you kind of become a joke and nobody votes for you, then it's maybe a symbolic victory, but it's not a real victory. Right. The real victory is actually becoming a player, like actually getting an audience that numbers into the hundreds of thousands, mm-hmm. getting uh, sponsors more than the Fleshlight. You right. know? Not that that's not a fine... <laughs> I'm wearing one now. Well, but, that, that would explain the humming. But, front of the but the point is, uh, you know, like becoming viable, right. essentially. And, and not becoming the man, but, but again, at least saying, uh, you know, anyone can start their own podcast, anyone can do stand-up, Anyone can start their own uh, network, but if you have no eyeballs, no ears, no audience, and no sponsors, then what's the difference between well, ta- talking to a tin it, can it, or it a just, piece of yarn on it? You know, it? what gets hard specifically for podcasts is that, you know, because I always think, well, sooner or later, these larger media companies are going to catch on that this is this is where they should be putting their advertising dollars um, because it's definitely cheaper than buying network time, and I think people tune out, you know... Sure. Uh, when, when they're watching television a bit. Uh, but the problem is, you know, while 100,000, 120, or 200,000 people is a lot for us if we're a mom and pop store, it's not a lot when you're talking about, uh, you know, like a giant, like, uh, you know, Sony Pictures Entertainment. You know, they'll, they'll right. look at that and they'll be like, oh, yeah, no, we, we want to we sink millions of dollars into a campaign, not... You know, not ten grand. Right. Like they just don't. I, I think they just don't think it, it's almost. It's larger than. Uh, it's larger than you know, like just a guy, like just a guy's friends listening. But it's not quite large enough to attract the super big fish. Right. Who want to blow millions of dollars in traditional media outlets? Well, you know, we have uh, go to my PC and Pro Flowers and you know places. You know, companies like that that, you know, people have heard of. Yeah. And they're, you know, they'll do revenue shares with you. And, you know, you sell one pro flower and they'll give you five bucks for every nineteen ninety nine or whatever. I mean, there's ways to do it and we're doing it. And, it, it, you know, as far as the audience goes, you know, I know there's this thing where there's this thought of sort of purity. It's like, it's like a band. It's like, well, when green day left that little club in Oakland, they sold out, you know, right. and my feeling is no, they can still be a good band and sell tickets yeah. and merchandise and live yeah. in a big house. Uh, they're fi- I'm fine with that. I was fine with Led Zeppelin selling a lot of records right. before mentioned Led Zeppelin. I mean, it doesn't make you into a bad band, Right. Because all of a sudden you're playing a stadium versus an underground punk club in Oakland. You know, I've found that you can be straight as long as the audience doesn't think you're bullshitting them. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like I, I was cruising iTunes the other day and I had this really happy thought, which was I, I saw over the weekend that we had the number one uh, episode podcast on on iTunes, and I thought we have the number one podcast, and we're one of the few that advertises. Like we have advertising on right. our podcast, and so obviously it hasn't hurt us. I mean, we don't 
but but we don't try to disguise it. No, you, you know, we just go, hey, we got this big warehouse. Donnie's got a family. I got a family. Yeah. There's four other people that are working computers and editing things, and we're paying all these people. Yeah. So we have these sponsors. It, we'll do a 90-minute show. It's going to take about three minutes. Yeah. And hopefully we'll have some fun with it. But we're not trying to pretend like no. it's, it's not what and, it is. And, and people are generally, I think people are generally cool, generally cool with that. I mean, uh, last year, um, I got paid uh, to send out a couple tweets for some movies that were coming out. And I did it because it was enough money that was like, wow, it seems ridiculous not to write a sentence right. to, get, to, get, you know, to get this money. And it's certainly not something I'm going to do all the time. And, you know, the, and, and I did it, and then, a, and then a, a, a small number of people complained. And so I just I wrote... I was pretty drunk when I wrote that. Yeah, I mean, so, I thought you would sorry. all people. <laughs> I know, I'm kind of a hypocrite. And, and it was for The Hammer. The movie didn't have like, Rob Lowe, and it was really a problem. Uh, so no, I know. I, I know. I wrote you. a big, long post, and I just said, listen... Uh, I appreciate that your time and attention is valuable. I'm not trying to take advantage of you. I'm not trying to go fucking buy a yacht. But I, my, my feeling is I want to be able to give people as much free entertainment as possible. And right. it, but and it is very expensive to give away free stuff. Like it just it costs money. Like you, you, just like you said, you know. Yeah. So I was spending ten grand a month in bandwidth. Yeah, for the first year. And it was like it's right out of my pocket, like yeah. ten thousand dollars. I mean, you could first off, you could live just about it, that would pay the mortgage in just about any house you wanted to live in. Any kind of, and, and you could have a super nice car, and you could have a Lamborghini fully insured in the driveway for the mount that we're just giving away yeah, for yeah. The whatever. And yeah. so I tell people, look, man, we got equipment and microphones and compressors and yeah. all sorts of shit and employees and they, they they need insurance and there's a there's you know the warehouse that's another five grand a month just to keep the keep the mortgage paid over yeah, there and stuff start, like we like, got to do you start it looking at net profit it's like oh there's really not much left over like in order to and that's 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 what I'm learning that's what happens when you try to scale because for me I mean yeah sure it'd be great to have tons of money and that I guess or whatever but for me it's more about I'm fascinated by the growth process like I I always love. I was always, I'm always a sucker in any movie when you see the montage of like, uh, oh my uh, my song just got played on the radio for the first time, and then you see the montage of the song climbing sure. the charts, and then they build a business, and then they you know there's a merch wing, and that, sure, like I love that all thing that, you do, and then exactly it's exactly right, uh, the the O'Neaters. And yeah. so I, uh, <laughs> only Chad Lowe. We <laughs> couldn't have carved out a part for Chad, Chad Lowe. Couldn't yeah. have played the drums. You didn't do it, though. Mm. You didn't do it. Yeah, no, the growth, the growth is and so cool. Th- that's what's exciting to me, and that's why, like, oh, you know, that that's why there's a podcast and a website, and that's why we launched this physical space downstairs, and we're going to, you know, this room you're in now will be a studio, you know, when we get the equipment in. Right. And because uh, we're, we're at Meltdown right now, and... Like all of that is what's it's it's just like a fun game. It's just like seeing well, how far can we push it and how much can we scale it? And you know, I don't know if it's gonna any of it's gonna work, but it, but the process of it's really fun because as an artist, you don't you don't make a you know like I don't make a vacuum cleaner nozzle that I can actually track easily. Like oh, we sold this many units and now we'll start going door to door in this community and right. You know, 
And so, you know, when you're an artist and you're sort of the commodity, it's it's harder to follow that stuff. So this has all been super fun for me. I, I like what it's done and for everybody in their live business, like everybody's shows and and then doing live podcasts. But, you know, selling tickets. Everyone I talk to says they're playing much bigger theaters. Oh yeah, than they or they're playing theaters instead of clubs. Just ran into Greg Barrett this morning at a Starbucks, and he was like, "Yeah, the doing the closet podcast with Dave Anthony has completely changed." Right. You know, you're talking about guys who for years were on the road trying to get people to come out to shows, doing multiple television shows, and it just and it never worked. Me included. Oh, I don't think I. I really don't think that. Again, that eleven thirty, I, I that eleven thirty late night show thing, it, it it has. I'll tell you what it's for. It's for your sort of publicist. It's for the movie studio executives. Yeah. It's for. It's like it's sort of like what I think. I'd say it's the equivalent to this. It's like uh, every year the Super Bowl will come around and Coke will buy a couple of spots, you know, and. The spots will be, you know, 10 million bucks for 30 second spots, you know. And I'll always say to the guy next to me, uh, really, do you think we need awareness of this product? And don't you think everyone who's at a Super Bowl party is either drinking a Coke right now or (laughs) Pepsi? But I don't think the commercial, the polar bears doing the hula dance is going to make me put my Pepsi down and pick up the Coke. And and by the way, if you're Coca-Cola, if you're the corporation, you could either buy one thirty-second Super Bowl spot, or you could buy seventy delivery trucks b- bought and paid for with insurance and fuel for right. five years. Like right. as a company, doesn't seem to make more sense to buy another bottling facility than do that. It's, and then, I, but I realized they don't really. That isn't a money maker. That's just for the stockholders. Right. That's just for them saying. Hey, we can do this, yeah. but it's not going to. It's not going to make them money. They're not going to sell thirty million dollars more of Coke on that one. Those three ads or whatever it I'm, is. I'm sure it's also like a business structure. Maybe there's a tax, like maybe a certain percentage of their in, you know, a certain percentage of their budget has to go to advertising. They literally have to spend that money. Like it's a, but I think it's more of a vanity thing right? than a sort of nuts and bolts kind of thing. And I think. If you do the Tonight Show, that's a vanity thing. But yeah. I don't think you sell that many books, and I don't think you put that many asses in seats. I think this, I mean, I can tell you as a guy who's come out with a book yeah. and has done shows where it's like, I didn't see any sales change after doing doing the show, but the podcast, that moves the product. And you're five days a week now? Yes. God, that's amazing. <laughs> that is so amazing. I mean, we, you know, wow, we moved to two, and uh, I feel like it's, you know, it, what, what I kind of think of is when I was when I was much younger, uh, I had a girlfriend where we had two dogs, and we're mm-hmm. like, you know, two dogs is a piece of cake. They right. take care of each other, you know, like they're they're it's fun. So then we introduced a third dog into the situation, and it created uh, an insane. Uh, uh, amount of uh, extra work like that third so that's yeah. why I think like jumping from two to five a week like well, that, it is, that is a it is sort of like earthquakes and like a 7.0 is bad but an 8.0 is scale. a thousand times more power yeah. like I thought it would be 12% more power no it's 10,000 times more powerful <laughs> yeah 
I know. Uh, this is my same. I mean, if you just replace dogs with wives, I have about the same theory. So I don't. I don't understand <laughs> how that works. But it's that way with kids. It's like right. I have twins. And twins is, you know, a fair amount of work, but a tr- but triplets is five times as much work, right. not 33% more work. Right, right. That's right. What, it's, that creates that one extra dynamic. And also, uh, I also wanted to, you know, I never got to talk about this before, and maybe it's old news now, but... You know, there was that big hubbub where Snooki got thirty-five grand to speak at the university, and everyone freaked out because mm-hmm. she was getting paid so much money. Yeah, I, I, it's sort of like the allocating the the Coca-Cola budget thing to advertising. Now, listen, I'm not a Jersey Shore fan. Uh, I don't give a shit about those people. But when I saw people freaking out about that, I was like, yeah. But if you know anything about how the college markets work, that's what people get paid to go speak at. Like, that's what that's what the budgets are. Right. Like, that's what. You know, Carrot Top was getting 25, 30, 40, 50 grand a show. Right. That, you know, these colleges have an X number of dollars they have to allocate to entertainment every year or they lose that money. They are forced by the university to use that money. I'm laughing because I haven't done a college um, in, in, I hadn't done a college in years. And back in 99 and 2000 and maybe 2001, Dr. Drew and I used to go out and do the college circuits. And it was, you know, Loveline was huge on MTV and huge on campuses. And so we would just go in there and we would, you know, do these 3,000 seat venues and they'd be sold out every time. And it was like rock and roll, you know. And and then I hadn't done one in 10 years. And then about two weeks ago, somebody said, uh, we were going out on the road, and we think we're going to uh, Cleveland and Pittsburgh and a few places like that. And somebody said, "You want to do uh, Mansfield University in Mansfield, Pennsylvania, on a Wednesday night?" And I was like, <laughs> uh, "I guess." And I was like, "I was already going out on the road. Like, let's just go out a day earlier." And I yeah. was playing Pittsburgh anyway, so I was like, "Ah, all right." And um, so it was like out of out of a movie. Man, you couldn't find Mansfield, Pennsylvania, on the map. I've never heard of Mansfield University. Uh, had about three thousand students. My high school had about four thousand students. It's a Wednesday night, so you know Mansfield, Pennsylvania, hopping on a on a Wednesday night, yep. like like way, like total all the right moves kind of yeah. sleepy town in Pennsylvania. It, it, it literally starts snowing as we're, as we're pulling in, had to take the prop plane to get there, <laughs> walk into the place. Um, play, I've been spoiled the last year playing a lot of nice theaters and having big crowds and, you know, playing the Moore theater with 1900 people there and rock and roll and Seattle and everything. There's about 210 people sitting in a place that held about a thousand, and they're all just sitting there like it was free yeah. for students and yeah. like eight bucks for townies or yeah. something. And it's just they're, they're kind of spread out, mm-hmm. and it was real like sort of spinal tappy, kind of a playing Magic Mountain kind of thing. Yep. And puppet show I, then Adam Curry. right. And I was like, uh, I was like backstage, and I sort of peeked around the curtain. I could see it was pretty sparse out there, and I sort of went back. It was like snowing outside. I didn't even know where I was, and I was totally jet lagged because we to get to Mansfield, Pennsylvania, to play a gig at, at eight o'clock. 
you and and you're gonna leave that same day. Yeah, you're leaving. Oh, oh you leave at like four o'clock in the morning. Yeah, you're like five a.m. flight out of LAX. Fly into I don't know Pittsburgh, whatever. Get on a prop plane, fly it into outside of Mansfield, then a hundred mile drive and oh, like a yeah, rented yeah, yeah. tourist. That's that's the real. College uh, you're staying at a Days Inn, like as Next I come to a truck stop, uh, literally. And as Eat jerky for dinner, as I uh, I come walking out, I'm like I've just I've literally been traveling for 14 hours. I went to I I, I you know I I left my house at 4:15 this morning, kind of thing. I'm totally out of it, and I'm uh, just looking at the sparse crowd out there, and I say. Uh, uh, and the guy I'm traveling with, Mike August, says, uh, "Who played here? Who who was the last uh, act in in the theater?" And the guy doesn't miss a beat, and he goes, "Buffalo Gay Men's Chorus." <laughs> and I was like, "Awesome!" <laughs> they set him up. I mow him down. <laughs> and how did the show go? Uh, it was it was it was the only. I, I I have to be honest. It was really the only time in the last five, eight years that I, I actually felt sorry for myself. Like I, I don't, I don't normally do that because I have a pretty good life and a pretty good house and a bunch of cars and all that stuff. And, 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 you know, I'm, I'm blessed. I'm not a religious person, but I have a pretty damn good life. And I was just like standing there up on stage. It's, it's in Mansfield, Pennsylvania. It's snowing out. It's Wednesday night. I've, you know, I've been up since 4 a.m., you know, LA time. The audience again, sort of sparse, you know, it's like someone's, someone took a thousand seat theater, took 200 people in it and said, spread out, you know, and I'm doing this thing where it's like, I'm not going to do my act because it's just, I'm going to, I'll start with 20 minutes and then we'll do some Q&A because mm-hmm. it's like a college thing, you know? And so it's like a lot of questions about Jimmy and Dr. Drew. And I'm like, I'm standing up there and it's snowing outside and I'm fucking sleep deprived. I'm thinking, <laughs> yeah, Jimmy's going on year number eight of his successful late night, you know, right. network show. And Dr. Drew's just added a 13th show. He's on like <laughs> CNN two doing another, like Drew is literally has 21 shows. Yeah. Like you, you're, you're, your greatest, your biggest nightmare, whether it's a divorce or it's, you know, you know, Dean Martin goes one way and Jerry Lewis goes another, like you'd like your partner not to get AIDS and die, <laughs> but somewhere around the eight show when you don't have any shows. And then you're on stage in Mansfield, Pennsylvania. Like it's me, Maverick, Adam Carolla with yeah. my podcast network. Uh, oh, awesome. Another question about Jimmy. <laughs> uh, no, I've not. Uh, yeah, it's been some time since I've been invited on his show. Um, he does owe me an, e- an email. Uh, thanks. Um, I, oh, uh, oh, other, over here. Uh, I know I don't know what Dr. Drew is doing right right this second. I really would have no way of knowing that. Should I call him? Yes, there's an opportunity that I might be a guest, probably if it was a panel on one of um, his shows. Uh, Any other questions? Another question about Jimmy? Yeah, go ahead. And then, uh, and then, of course, all sort of man show like related stuff. Right, and I right. was like literally sitting up there going, "Wow, okay, I officially feel I feel sorry for myself. I feel bad." <laughs> no, but that's good. That means you you know you have a long history of stuff to draw from. <laughs> I wonder. Uh, you know, I it's funny. 
you know, I always thought Kimmel and I were friends, and then I realized last year we're actually not friends. What happened? What happened was that uh, uh, I emailed him right after I started doing the podcast, and I was like, listen, I, I'm doing a podcast, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, John Hamm's been on, Joel McHale, a few other people, it's, it seems to be going pretty well, I think it'd be great to have you on. And then I get back this kind of weird email that's like, uh, uh, yeah, if I do your podcast, then I have to do all of my old Radio Buddies podcasts. And I was mm. like, interesting. He gave me the hi-hat. Interesting, yeah. Like, first of all... The good, best-looking man on the planet would be a guy named Joel Ham. Jo- by the way, <laughs> if you could confine those Not John two. McHale, though. That guy's a fuck-up. No, that guy's a douchebag. He's, uh, it's, it's, the, it's the Rob Lowe, Chad Lowe. Uh, Nobody writes an insulting email like Jimmy, believe me. It was I've very, been on the losing was, end was, of a few very, of those. It was very like... Um, it's very like, oh, really? So, so you, so you think I'm a radio guy that has just started a podcast? Not that I've had, uh, and and so, and then I realized all these years because we all started K Rock together, and I had this idea in my head like, oh, Jimmy and I are pals. I've been on a show a couple times, but not not for like five or six years. But uh, and then I realized like, oh yeah, we're actually not friends. We're actually yeah. not friends, and this. This was very clear what, you know, in, in, in the way that the email was worded, like, oh, yeah, no, I'm just a guy that he worked with once. So that, yeah. was, that was very, uh, that was very uh, telling to me. It is weird. I, w- I would like to, and Jimmy is one of the most generous guys I've ever met. But he can also be like just curt and shitty on emails. <laughs> I got that, Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, and you will get the generous Jimmy and on I occasion never, and too. And I've never asked him since. I like I made that decision. Like, oh well, I will never ask you to do anything ever again. And so I just emailed back, and I was like, okay, thanks. No, sorry to bother you. I, I would like to do a, a little uh, like survey. I don't know how you could do it. Maybe they're maybe they used to have those mood rings that would turn different colors. But I would like to be in the presence of certain people and find out, do I think there's more here? Like, or do you think there's more here? Interesting. Which just, one just of like us to, like thinks you could, there's more if there was, here? If there was some sort of an interpersonal barometer where you could right. check the pressure of right. the relationship. Right. Because there's, there's, there's two sides of that. There's the one where you think, you know, you're great buddies with this guy, but he's really not really thinking of you. And yeah. then there's the other side where somebody starts crying when you tell him <laughs> you you can't go to their kid's third birthday, and they're right. and you're like, what? We don't even it's like. Did you remember? You remember? I remember the, the, one of the saddest scenes in uh, the. I don't know why I just thought of this, but in Madonna's Truth or Dare, mm-hmm. when this woman is like, "Will you?" You know, this woman thinks that they're really good friends. Maybe right. they do. She was like, "Will you be my kid's godmother?" And Madonna's like, "Oh, yeah, I'm really gonna have to think about that." Right. And you just got that sense of, "Oh yeah, this woman thinks there's way more in this relationship than there actually is." Yeah, it's like a Doobie Brothers song, "What a Fool Believes." Like, and and you don't know. Like, you try to you wonder, like. Wait a minute. Now I think that about certain people, but then who's thinking that about me? Yeah, could yeah. it be Chris Hardwick as oh we speak? My God. Could it be happening right now? No, it's not happening right now. Thankfully, you and I have maintained a pretty same level of friendship since the the mid nineties. Like you know, yeah. we we've we talk even even you know in between gigs. It's not like. We've always just sort of like, hey, what's going on? Let's go to have lunch. Let's hang out, you know? Yeah. And it was never, it was, you know, I, I and I always admired Jimmy because, like, Jimmy was always sort of, uh, like, he's a, you know, he's a guy that, like, 
you know, he was basically a sidekick on a radio show and, you know, like came up with some ideas and, you know, and I mean, both you guys, I always like, oh yeah, that's, that's how it's supposed to happen. You need to go out there and create your own stuff. That's what, that's what you both, you know, cause you were sort of partners back at K-Rock. Kind of, although we were forbidden from being on the air together, which is a great <laughs> so weird. piece of programming. Awesome piece of programming. Yeah, you do, because there's no way anyone was ever going to let Jimmy do his own thing or me do our own thing. It's like you. one thing I did learn early and often is it's like I never got headshots or one out on auditions or got the aforementioned composite worked out or anything. It's just it's never I just realized if I leave it up to that. It's never going to happen. I, yeah. The only way it's like it's like in the Hammer. It, it, the only way I'm ever going to star in a movie is if I make the movie. Right. No one's going to let me star in their movie. <laughs> I'll have to create a movie, and then I could possibly star in a movie. But well, that would be the only way I could do it. And, and and you know it is it is the the whole the whole Maverick thing is uh, it, it definitely has its own set of rewards. Definitely has its own set of drawbacks, but. I don't know. It's it, it is pretty exciting, but I but there are some of those days, you know, like when uh like if I'm you know if I have to worry about design stuff on the website or the or the website's gone down and the and the you know a podcast guest canceled and then you know here at the space at Meltdown it's like oh the lighting rig needs to be we need you to get a new right it's like can I just give this to someone can someone just give me money and I'll just I'll just show up and talk. Like yeah. there, there are those days, there are those days, but but all, but for the most part, it's pretty rewarding. I I will uh, concur, and you know, for me philosophically, it's just what I do. You know, it's just I, you know, I I didn't even know what a podcast was over two years ago when we started. I never listened to anything on the computer. <laughs> I, I really didn't know anything, and you know, I, my buddy Donnie just said. Well, it's you talking and saying whatever you want. And I said, uh, yeah, it didn't seem like there was going to be any way to profit off it or anything. But it right. just said, like, all right, let's let's do it. I wasn't doing stand up at the time. So I not only was there no way in my mind to profit off this thing by monetizing it, by selling advertising space on it. It wasn't even like, well, you can make up that 10 grand a month in bandwidth by selling out the Will Turn Theater. Right. I wasn't doing stand-up back then, so I was completely just... I did it five days a week just for, you know, file it under what the fuck. Like, I was right. just sitting around doing nothing. <laughs> but my whole thing is, is I come from a, a place and a weird mindset where work is is physical. Like, work is work like you're on a roof you're sweating you're mopping off you're dabbing your brow you're taking a chug <laughs> off of a off you're, you're taking a scoop of water out of a wooden bucket you know and and then slashing it on your face you know and then someone's yelling those pallets aren't going to move themselves corolla like so that's where i come from and that's why when that's why i'm sitting here i don't i don't i never look at this as is work i'm always sort of surprised when people do look at this is work, you know? I am too. I, it's sort of sad. I, I, I usually find it, like, sort of pathetic. Like, I'm going to do a podcast tonight. I'll do one tomorrow night. Uh, you know, I did one over the weekend. But it's like, I'm I'm going to I'm gonna go on Chris's because this ain't work. This is just 
talking to Chris. Around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. And then, but then with that, sometimes you forget because there's not a large entity who's like, oh, fill out these, uh, fill out these W twos, and uh, we'll, you know, we'll get you on our insurance and right. blah blah blah. That uh, that it actually is a thing that will help your work more than you know going. Oh. L- b- by all means, and uh, speaking of that, by the way, I know you like movies. I told you I was going to go see uh, Fast Five. And how how was it? Was it no Fast and Furious? Tonight. Oh, it's tonight. Yeah, which is before this airs. But I went and did uh, one of my basic cable commentaries for Fast Four, Fast and Fast and Furious, the last one, basically. The you know the was uh, that Tokyo Drift or is that not? It was the one one after that one, and. They've been pretty successful, and you can get them on iTunes or you can get them at adamcarolla.com and basically just talk over the movie. Mm -hmm. You know how it goes. Yeah. And uh, it's actually fun. Do you do those things? No. They're they're pretty good. It's it's a nice little way to monetize your shit. Like, Mm -hmm. you don't want to sell advertising or what have you. Fine. Pick a movie you dig. Pick a nerdist movie. Yeah. Get a couple buddies. Uh, put it up, talk it up, and just put it on iTunes for two ninety nine, and yeah. then people play it over the movie. It's Mystery Science totally, two thousand totally Mystery Science Theater, yeah. Basically that for me, it's with Fast and Furious, but it's just a nice little way to people dig it. It's fun. You're not going to sell a million of them; you sell a couple thousand of them, but you get a couple couple dollars to roll in, and it's fun for the people. And where do you, and where do you do them? I do them in my studio. Oh, you actually just... Oh, you just record in the studio. Oh, I just like do riff it. tracks. Like, yeah, like just riff do, tracks or cinematic Titanic or... Yeah, just do it. I'll just do it on a Saturday. Just put out, you know, put out one a month, get a different comedian to sit in. Now, and see, here's, here's why, you know, here, here's where my brain always gets in the way. I, I go, oh, yeah, but the riff tracks guys are doing that and cinematic and Adam's doing that. And they're, they're probably doing a better job than I would do. So that's well, what that always kills. <laughs> I'm sure riff tracks doing a better job than I'm doing and, and uh, but doesn't doesn't mean you shouldn't do it i mean the the, the point is this I, i'm i'm with you in the low self-esteem department i'm just saying <laughs> i'm i'm just saying just because someone else ate dinner before you doesn't mean you shouldn't be able to eat dinner tonight oh my god i haven't eaten in six weeks why didn't you tell me this before <laughs> I, I know you're, you're uh, emaciated i don't feel good yeah no my blood sugar is saying. way low you gotta eat something so other i can eat dinner if other people are eating dinner i thought that was like a pack animal thing like oh no the tonight's your night they do not have the market cornered on Son dinner nor fuck. do they have it on brunch oh shit someone balls. invented dinner you're still allowed to screaming eat screaming cocksicles yeah well uh adam carolla we're at the end of our time but honestly you know i mean this is as fun for me because we get to catch up. Sure. You know, like, because we both lead busy lives. So, you know, whenever you want to do one of these, you're more than welcome to come just fucking hang out and we'll record it. My um, pleasure. I will put this up uh, soon, which means that people can catch you in Minneapolis at the Varsity Theater April 29th. I mean, not at the Varsity Theater. Uh, they would catch you in Milwaukee April 29th. Right. Uh, the Varsity Theater is the 28th, but those are sold out. God damn you. My, my Varsity Theater is May 6th. Uh, that is not sold out. Uh, for fuck's sake, please. Let's do that. Let's do that. Uh, and then your and then your Wiltern show is May 21st in Los Angeles. Right. And your arch nemesis, Jimmy Kimmel, will be taking the <laughs> stage with me. We're not even friends enough to be nemeses. Yeah. All like, right. nemeses means 
that you had to have a friendship and then a falling out at some point. Right. Uh, we we didn't really we didn't really have that. We had a one sided. I think I, I think Jimmy and I are pals. It turns out we're actually not pals at all. Uh, and, well, uh, after I'm done explaining to him who you are, <laughs> then I'll explain the rift that's come between the two of you. <laughs> I don't have any negative feelings against the guy. I, listen, he, you know, it's it's not his fault that I'm not more important to him. Like, no, it's I, not, it's his, no, you know, I know. Listen, I I know what it's like. I mean, what I'm saying is, is just to just to uh, defend him and you, uh, there is this mode that you get into when people start coming at you I, from I different totally angles understand. where you're just getting these like super short can't do that no thank especially you know, if it's a day when you when you just got like 10 right you know direct emails like i need you here like pulling you in 10 and different you directions stop, I, you stop saying like i'd really love to you just go no thanks right. and, and then you sound like a dick <laughs> but so be it <laughs> so all right be it. all right uh thanks adam corolla thanks chris now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. In the climate-ravaged year of 2072, the city of Pura stands as a miraculous green haven, a geoengineered paradise that protects fortunate residents from the global catastrophes of heat domes, fires, floods, and droughts. Demetria Lopez heads up Pura's public relations, tirelessly promoting the city's idyllic image. But when she stumbles upon a dark secret that, if exposed, would be the downfall of Pura's existence, she must decide who and what she is willing to protect. From Wondery, the makers of Academy and Dr. Death, The Last City stars actors Rhea Seahorn, Jeannie Tirado, and Maury Sterling. Follow The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.